Delphine by Claire Pointing. Welcome to my room, or Aladdin's cave, as I sometimes like to call it, (laughs) with all my collections and trinkets. Be good if I had a bit of entertainment while we're here, waiting, wouldn't it? Wish I could pull a dove out my sleeve or do a flip or something. I've never been good at that sort of thing. I used to be able to do the crab. You know when you bend yourself backwards, like... Well, I won't get down and do it now. Anyway. Oh, I know. I'll tell you about my necklace. I threaded the string through it myself, but I found the pendant bit on a beach in Bournemouth. It's a sort of stone shell thing, and it already had this hole going right through it, like it was just waiting to be made into a necklace. Amazing, eh? I wonder if it was once a necklace already and someone just threw it out to sea in a fit of rage. You know, like they would with an engagement ring or something. (laughs) Maybe. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say. My name is Delphine. My mum says it's French chic, but, well, I like it because my favourite animal's a dolphin. I've lived here a long time now. So many memories. Here, on the wall, I've got my pinboard. I've attached a collection of all my favourite bits on it. Photos, postcards, notes. This postcard here is from my mum, sent when she went on holiday with an ex-boyfriend. That was 20-odd years ago now. Then there's this little note from a nan. It's fading now, but it says, This lucky 2p keeps jumping out my pocket, so I think it must want to stay with you. (laughs) Funny one, that. Yeah, a few little pics of me and my brother from when we were little. And here, this is um, just a cupboard, really, but I like to call it my walk-in wardrobe. Swanky, eh? Oh, and my window. I love my window. It is so light, and that tree outside, it looks beautiful all year round, because it changes, you know? Sometimes I like to just sit here and watch the world go by. I bought that painting up there with my birthday money at Abbey Mills Market when I was 11. Lots of boxes in here. I love a box me, or any sort of compartment, really. And then there's this letter. Sorry, it's distracted me, that. (laughs) I went off for a minute then, took a little walk round the park in my head. I do that sometimes, me. My mum, she calls me a human jukebox, always humming away. I was just thinking, it just made me... Well, anyway, doesn't matter. Hmm, what else? My bed. This bed is the very bed I was born in 30 years ago. Home birth, pretty nice, eh? I get to spend every night sleeping in the very place where my life started. You couldn't write it. (laughs) Right there she'd have been my mum, screaming, blood, sweat, tears, a lot. Oh, it's a different mattress now, but the same frame. I like sleeping on it, makes me feel close to her. And this, this is my chair. 
There's a funny story behind this. So I was at the dump with my mum and brother and right there on the side with this chair. I says to my mum, I like that. And my brother, no word of a lie, just picks it up and sticks it in the boot for me. <laughs> He's like that. He's such a card. Yeah. If he was here now, I'd be like, well, what would I be like? He's taller than me, so I'd be looking up at him, listening to all his funny stories, and I'd probably give him a bit of a hug, and I'd just be smiling and laughing, really. And I'd probably be like, stop it, you woolly. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. So when I sit here, I think of him. It was just us three growing up, the three degrees. Me, mum, and my big brother. My dad, he left when I was around three, and... I don't even remember him being here, so no difference to me, really. My mum, she's just like the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She's so smart and she looks like a movie star. Everything I wanted to be. People always used to say to me and my brother, Oh, your poor mum must be so hard bringing you two up on her own. And I used to say, No, it's not. We're all really happy and she doesn't need a man, thank you very much. I think that's what I used to say. <laughs> I'm only telling you because what I mean to say is that now I'm older, I understand that some company might have been nice for her, someone to share things with, so she wasn't doing everything on her own. I mean, she weren't on her own. She had us children, but we were children, and that's not the same. <laughs> I get that now. There was plenty of interest, though, in my mum from men. But no man was getting through our door. Well, that's not actually true. A couple did, and one stayed round quite a long time, but generally she got rid of most of them. I remember one guy in particular, cab driver. He dropped the three of us home one evening. Then a couple of days later, he's only walking up our path. Me and my brother were like, Mum, it's definitely him. My poor mum. He had himself a black suit on like he's going to a funeral. His hair's all gel slicked down and he's holding some sort of petrol station flowers in his hand. And he's coming up the path all gangly like, like an earwig or something. After a good ten minutes of painful persistence and after mum had said her thanks but no thanks, he didn't come back again. It's funny because he got so annoyed with her like, how dare you not want to be with me? And I remember thinking, is he joking? Have you seen her? But he obviously thought we had something to offer. Weirded me out a bit, that. Because it's a bit like, I know where you live. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Then there was a bloke who came to turf the garden, the AA man. The guy used to drop off the Little Woods catalogue. He was really desperate, he was. Yeah, and a couple of helpful work colleagues popping by to see if she was doing all right. I said to my mum once, when I was younger... We don't need men, do we, Mum? And I thought she'd be pleased, but, uh, well, we have to have a chat about it. And I don't say that anymore. Men are good too. There are some nice ones. Yeah, there are. Like, um, well, my brother, he's lovely. And there's other nice ones, like Gregory Peck, Muhammad Ali, to name a couple of my favourites. <laughs> Very nice, smart, funny, easy on the eye, eh? <laughs> Oh, I almost forgot. Mint Imperials, tastier than cereals. 
Oh, I've got this lovely bowl of mint imperials here. I like having them around because they're nice for sharing, aren't they? Mm. I first tried these in a waiting room. I won't say what I was waiting for. (laughs) No, it wasn't anything weird or horrible. Anyway, they had this lovely bowl of mint imperials at the reception desk. I must have helped myself to at least six. Mm. Oh, delicious. I could just keep popping them like Pringles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so... I'm Delphine, but you know that already. 30 years old, what else? Uh, uh, I work in a bookshop and I live here with my mum. She's away at the moment, actually, which is a bit of a worry. (laughs) Who knows what she's getting up to. But hey, out of sight, out of mind, eh? (laughs) Hmm. Thing is, though, just wondering if I should give her a quick bell, see if she's all right. Also, um... I wanted to talk to her about this letter. No, doesn't matter. I won't bother her with it. Instead, I want to tell you all about Bill. I didn't know that was his name then, but I'd known about him for a long time. Or at least I'd been seeing him around for a long time. The first time I saw him was in the post office. He was standing next to me in the queue. And I noticed him because he has such a quiet face. He's peaceful. After that, I was just spotting him all over the shop. Not in a stalker-like way, following him around, no. I'd just be going about my business and I'd see him going about his. That night, after the post office, I lay in bed and I daydreamed up the most dreamy fantasy. I know it's silly to fantasise, but it's one of my favourite things to do. Always has been. To dream up my own love stories, friendship scenarios, just as I want them to be. They always have to start with someone real, someone I've seen, you know, make it a realistic possibility. This particular fantasy went a little bit like this. I'm going to paint you a picture. So... I'm in town and I'm shopping in Wilco's. That's where we've seen each other the most. I've got my best fashion boots on, long skirt and my hair. It's the best it's ever looked, like Italian waves. And I'm wearing lipstick. I'm looking at the gardening stuff and I feel someone put their hand on the top of my arm. My heart is pumping so fast, but as I turn around... It's just one of the shop assistants. But then he says to me, Hey, the guy in the hat, do you know him? I just shrug. Then he says to me, Well, he asked for me to tell you that he'll be at your favourite bench at 12. Oh, my God. He knows about my favourite bench. He must have seen me sitting there and could tell how much it means to me. I think about it and it's in a safe place in the middle of a park where plenty of people are walking by so the possibility of abduction is pretty low and I think if I keep my wits about me I can get away if he turns out to be a weirdo. 12 o'clock. I arrive at the bench and guess who's there? He's there. (laughs) He smiles at me and I smile back. My legs are like jelly. We sit on the bench, hold hands and talk for hours. He lets me wear his hat and he smells like fresh breath. We like loads of the same stuff, like cats and woolly clothes and and everything, really. Then at one point, 
He moves a piece of hair out the way of my eye, so gently, my whole body quivers. For months I went on like this, daydreaming about him. Always the same sort of me, but not necessarily starting in wheelcos, and, and different stuff would happen. Then one day, when I'm working... This is real life now, by the way, not, not fantasy anymore. He walks in to my shop. He spent a long time looking through lots of books, until eventually he comes to the till with a single bookmark. I try to retain some composure and act like I don't know who he is, but I feel like I know him so well. Then he points at the bookmark and says, Don't know why I like this so much. The bookmark, right, is plain white, with a simple black stripe running through it, just slightly off-centre. And I want to say, because it is simplistic perfection, not in an obvious symmetrical way, but it is strong, brilliant and beautiful. But instead... I just sort of made a noise, like... <laughs> then I feel the creep start. The creep is when I get hot from inside. It comes out through my chest, travels up my neck and all over my face. Patchy red, obvious embarrassment. I get it when anyone asks my opinion on anything or anything about me, really. But this... This is different. This is because it's him. And I wonder, maybe he knows I dream about him. Then he says something again. Are you a fan of a bookmark? Oh, God, my heart can't take it. It's pumping so fast. I quickly hand him his change and say, yep, as I turn my back on him to pretend I'm cleaning the shelf behind me. And then he leaves. When I went home that night, I didn't fantasise about us meeting. I felt stupid. I thought, I'm wasting my life imagining my own love story with someone who doesn't even know my name and probably thinks I'm really weird. The next day, I went back to the shop to open up. In amongst the posts was the same bookmark. I locked the door behind me, left the lights off because I was like 20 minutes early, so no rush to open up. I've taken myself to the stock cupboard, sat down... Turn it over and it reads this. I don't really like it that much. I just wanted to talk to you. Oh my God. I felt like I was in a movie, but at the same time I couldn't handle it. I thought, hold your horses, Delphine. Maybe you're misreading what he's saying. Maybe he's just saying that there's a problem with the product and he wants to talk to you about getting his money back. Or maybe he does mean it in a romantic way, but now what? I can't talk to him. He'll be disappointed. He obviously thinks I'm more interesting than I am. The anxiety sweeps over me, paralyses me. For the rest of that week, I hid as much as I could and didn't go anywhere near places I'd seen him in the past. He didn't come back into the shop neither, probably wishing he hadn't done it, I thought. Then a couple of weeks later, I was closing up the shop and as I turned around, there he was, across the road. He gestured to me to wait. So, so I stopped, frozen to the spot. He took quite a long time to get to me because, well, the traffic that day, it was terrible, but... Eventually, he arrived in front of me and he says, Hi, 
Sorry to bother you. You, you... Actually, before I go off on one, just to say that Bill don't sound like this. This is just my impression. He sounds much better. If you heard him, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that, that is lovely. Like, like butter. Anyway, so, so he says, you probably don't remember me, but I bought a bookmark from you the other week. Then I posted it back with a note, but then I've been thinking that you probably don't even remember selling it to me, so it makes no sense. So I just wanted to say that it was me, and sorry if it was a bit forward or confusing. Uh, once I posted it, I tried to fish it back, but I had to stop because it looked like I was breaking in. I just say, that's okay. Anyway, I wanted to ask if, if you might like to meet up sometime, get to know each other maybe, maybe not. I didn't say anything. I was paralysed again and smothered in the creep. Then he says, No worries if not, I won't keep asking. I've just seen you about a bit and thought it might be nice, but don't worry if you don't want to, I won't bother you again. And then I surprised myself, because I said, I did know it was from you. I recognise you. Oh, right. Then I make that weird noise again. Huh. We stood in silence for a bit until eventually he goes, So... And I surprised myself again because I said, Yeah. Yeah, okay. This moment in my life was the biggest thing. It was the most exciting, frightening, surreal-like experience of my entire life and I loved it. Everything felt super real. The sunlight felt richer than normal on my walk home from work, like it was soaking into my body and feeding me. The smell of the trees and, and the way the leaves sounded in the wind was all so real and I existed there. When I got home, I was buzzing, full of beans, and I've done one of my favourite things, on with the music, my mum's got a great collection, and I'm dancing. And I'm listening to that song, you know, You make me feel mad real. <laughs> just gets you going, doesn't it? Makes you want to get on your feet just thinking about it. <laughs> but um, then I started to slow down because I felt quite sick, realising, oh, I've actually got to go meet him now. And I've never been one-on-one -on -one with another person before, especially not a man. I started freaking out about what we talk about. Obviously, I have to talk to customers at work, but that's way less intense and, and mainly the regulars. There's Pat. She likes to give me updates on a gastric band surgery. And uh, Ted, who gets out on day release from the psychiatric hospital. He's lovely, he is, but um, he usually just stands at the back of the shop shouting, Knickers, followed by a little kiss for his football. <laughs> and I thought, what if he tries to, well, you know, kiss me? I agreed to play Kiss Chase once in school, but as soon as Liam Cleaver grabbed my arm, I swung round and threatened to punch him one. Before I went, I had a little practice on my hand. What you do is you make a shape so it's a bit like a mouth with your thumb and your finger, and then you give it a kiss. Like that. Like that. And after, I just give it a wipe with my finger, and that's just to check to make sure I've not left any wet lip juice. Oh. See, I have a bit that time and that's not good. Oh. I suggested the park bench for our first meet, just like in my fantasy. As I approached, 
I saw him bent over looking down at his crotch and I thought, oh, what's he doing? But when I got closer, it wasn't him at all. It was just an old lady with a wedge of grass in her hand trying to rub ice cream off her skirt. (laughs) I sat on the bench. My hands were so slippery and I couldn't decide how to sit. I was moving about and then... As he walked towards me, I remember thinking, Oh, look, I think he's got one leg shorter than the other because he has this sort of mysterious bop. It didn't go exactly how I imagined it would, the meat. It was silent in quite a few places. Uh, We didn't like all of the same things and his skin up close, it looked a bit older than I'd imagined. He also smelt different, sort of like pencil sharpenings but from a machine so it had a sort of smoky edge. But all of it was better, better than in my head. When I was there... I felt things in my head and my heart that I don't think you can imagine until your body's been through it. The way my stomach felt, the slight shortness of breath, where to look with my eyes and how he looked at me. He said the nicest things about me, said I was sweet and funny. (laughs) I never thought I was funny before. Uh, Oh, this is quite fun. I've got some of the first texts that Bill sent me, saved them in my notes. I'll read you a couple. Oh, I won't do too many. Here we go. This is a nice one. Woke up this morning with a smile, had sweet dreams, and now thinking of you. Two capital letter kisses. <laughs> so lovely. Uh, oh, and this one. This one's funny. <laughs> Good evening, Poirot. Seen any action out that window of yours today? <laughs> Four small letter kisses on that one. Not bad, eh? Uh, I'll just read you one more. Oh, here we go. You don't have to apologise. That's what I'm here for. Loads of kisses after that. Because I got upset. (sighs) I've never felt this good before. Like, amazing. Really amazing. And, And the more time we were spending together, the more incredible I felt. I was in a place where I was thinking... I don't care what anyone else thinks of me because this person who I care about more than anyone else in the world, he thinks I'm brilliant. That's got to be real freedom, don't you think? Hmm. My mum, she's always told me that I'm beautiful but I never really believed her and I still think she's being over the top about it. But Bill did make me actually feel it. I started dressing differently. Before Bill, I was I was all comfy trousers, big jumpers, trainers. Now, don't get me wrong, it was largely for comfort and that's still important to me. But since Bill, I started wearing a bit more colours. Early days, Bill was like, what are you hiding from? What are you hiding under all that? And not in a cheeky way, as in my body, no. He, he meant, what am I hiding from? And he was right, I was. Apologising for being there, you know. I'm wearing one of my favourite outfits right now. My jumper is yellow, my best colour, because of daffodils, they make me think I'm a nan. And it's got these nice frills at the bottom. And and this skirt, I love because it's all woman-y, quite fitted, makes me feel all, you know, like a secretary or an office lady or something. Got this red flower clip that I'm wearing in my hair too. Before, I would never have worn anything like this because I'd be thinking that people are saying, 
That stupid woman thinks she looks nice. But now I don't care. Well, mostly I don't. Then my shoes, yellow too. Used to be my mum's, actually. Bill's like, don't wear your mum's old shoes. Why don't you get yourself some new ones? And I was like, no. I wrote Bill a song. I'm going to do it for you now, actually. And before you say anything or make your mind up on it, I know what you're going to think, that it would sound a lot better with an instrument. And don't worry, I agree. (laughs) But anyway, I'm just going to do it. Oh, and it's called Bill Thinks I'm Funny. Oh, Bill, oh, Bill, you don't make me ill. We just like to chill, just me and Bill. Oh, Bill, oh, oh, Bill, you give me a thrill, make me feel real. Just me and Bill. Bill, you're my favourite, the best I've ever known. I can't believe you know me and you say you'll never go. If I was a pavement, I'd be happy with you walking on me. (laughs) Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. Yes, I will. Eat that banana peel. Just me and Bill. Thanks for thinking I'm funny. (laughs) Needs a bit of work, but it's good to express yourself, isn't it? Why not? That's what I say now. Never know where it may lead or what it might get you thinking about. Oh, sorry, off I go again. Back in the room, Delphine. Knock, knock, anyone in? That's what one of my teachers used to say to me. (laughs) Where was I? Oh, yeah, hiding. Couple of nicknames Bill gave me, to name a few. Um, Hermit Henry, Neighbourhood Watch. I hide away, but I observe. Little look out the curtains. If I hear a noise that might be the neighbours, I stop in my tracks and just give it a beat to see if I sense any drama. I just like to know what's going on, but without being a part of it, watching. Because when you know where everything and everyone is... It just makes you feel a bit more safe, doesn't it? But I did start to feel braver. Everything before was painful, like choosing my sandwich filling down the bakery. Before, I'd always go simple, like ham in a roll, because I didn't want people to judge me or think much of me at all. If I'd have asked for tuna and cheese in tiger bread, they might have thought, oh, I could a smelly fish sandwich with fatty cheese. That's a bit weird, or who knows what else. At school, when I was away with the fairies, I used to draw doodles in my book, but as soon as I was back in the room, I'd scribble it out quickly because I didn't want anyone in class thinking that the drawing meant more than it did. Fortunately, I was quite good at being invisible at school. Some lunchtimes I'd hide in the toilet, help teachers with filing, or just walk around the edge of the playground counting the slats in the fence. If I'd have known that one day I would feel this strong, I'd have been so much braver, put myself out there more. I wouldn't have worried about what food said about me or the judgement people might make when they saw what book I was reading. In the bookshop, people sometimes ask me, What's your favourite book or what would you recommend? And I used to just say, oh, I don't have a favourite, but I can show you some of our bestsellers. But now 
I say my opinion out loud and I don't care if people would think it's a crap choice because you see, I realise that just because someone doesn't like the same things as you, it doesn't mean that they won't like you. I'm not going to justify it. It might not be your cup of tea, but it is mine. My cup of tea with two sugars. (laughs) What was my point? Oh no, sorry. My head's jumped. You know when your head does that, like, I'll be talking about going to the shops. Then in that same moment, I have an image of the shops and remember the last time I was there, I've seen Ian Bridge from school. This reminds me of a rumour about him eating dog food for breakfast. And so in the split second of saying, I'm going to the shops, in the next breath, I'm like, imagine eating dog food. (laughs) Funny, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, I know. I was saying about being braver. So this happened a while ago now, but it gives you an idea of what I mean. Me doing things I never would have done before. There were these builders on my street building an extension. Ever since they've been there, I've been walking a different way to the shops because they make me nervous. You hear some women who say they like it when blokes shout at them from a van, but I never like that. If you look all nice, like my mum, there'll be all wolf whistles and all right, darling which for the record I also do not like, but if you look a bit rubbish, they say things like, sort it out, or oi oi grandma. So I've been watching these men from my window every day. There was one that I actually thought looked quite nice. He was just getting on with his work, and once I imagined us going on holiday together, (laughs) just as friends. The other two, they were louder, and I saw them shouting at women as they walked by. They did some nice stuff too, like they helped an old lady get her shopping into the car and and once they did some very funny dancing together, they were all really laughing, which then made me laugh. (laughs) Anyway, I decided I was going to walk past them and I had it all planned in my head. I knew exactly what I would say. My speech was magnificent, like I was in a film. So the next time I was walking back from the shops, I was ready. I could see them all in the distance. My legs went like pins and needles, but without the pain, just numb and out of my control. I I felt as though they were going to disappear beneath me, like like they're doing dreams sometimes. There I was, and I strolled past, with all the confidence I could pull out my socks. My walk was a bit off because I was overthinking it. I gave a little bit of eye contact, but not too much. Then one of them says... Afternoon. I stopped briefly. Hi, I said, then kept walking with my head held high. Surely that wasn't it. I had made it through, untouched. I was so proud, so relieved. I could feel the tension start to drain away. But just then, I hear a comment. One of them casually says, You'd love to do her. The other says, I'd rather do your mum. I paused, turned back around, and before I knew it, I'm stood standing, staring right in front of them. Something had taken over me, and alarms were going off in my head. They were shouting, Delphine, what are you doing? You're going to die. But still, I'm there, and words just start falling out of my mouth, like, sick. They're not the ones I planned, or at least not in the right order. I'm covered in the creep, out of my body, looking down on myself, and I've said this. I've been watching you, and I knew you'd be horrible to me, and I want you to know that I don't care what you think of me. 
I don't want you to do me. I, I don't think you look very nice. I, I wouldn't do you. Well, maybe him, but you two are not my type at all. After a beat of silence, they all started laughing. And the same guy just shouts, yeah, jog on, love. And then, ooh, not my type at all. Someone needs a good... And out of nowhere, unplanned, I felt a tingle in my hand. Have you ever done that thing where you press your hand hard against a wall, slightly away from your body? Then when you step away, your arm, it starts to raise up independently through the air. If you have, you know what I mean. It was just like that. You can't stop it. My arm was gliding up, and at the end of it was my hand, holding up a very strong, very pointed middle finger. Like a beacon of light, I held it in front of them. I'd never done anything like this before, but it felt fantastic, powerful. I'm a strong woman. I'm a strong woman who sticks her middle finger up. But for some reason, I can't explain why, but I followed it by saying, eat my shorts. I don't know where that came from, but it certainly dampened down the feeling of power. Still... I stood strong, gave a beat, then turned and marched off with purpose. I was not going to let them have it, even if I hadn't got it quite right. Eat my shorts. I can't even remember what that's from. Something famous, I think. (laughs) Hopefully it has a more powerful meaning behind it than I realise. Afterwards, I thought of better things I could have said, and I stopped walking past them again. Well... I did one other time, but they recognised me and started shouting, Oi, oi, Greg, it's your girlfriend, which made me very anxious because I was with Bill. Anyway, they're long gone now, so I can walk back down that road. But you see, my point is, that was huge. It was like suddenly I was getting involved. Before Bill, I'd never been to a nightclub, never, never been on a date, never kissed anyone, never watched a horror film. I never even seen X-Files. I have now, though. The truth is out there, I want to believe. Hey, Scully, take a look at this. (laughs) I never got drunk, never been invited to a friend's sleepover. Still haven't, actually, and I'd love to have one. You know, because you get the sleeping bags, films, sweets, crab sticks, face masks. Mm. Slowly, I was ticking off a list with Bill of all the things I'd been wanting to do been a busy year. Oh, the nightclub. I went dancing for the first time ever. It's the most wonderful thing. Bill was like, what do you want to do for our next date? Anything you like. I could do anything with him and I so wanted to experience it. Bill doesn't dance so he stayed sitting at the table but I went off after quite a few vodka orange juices and it all just flowed out of me. I was blending into the crowd, dancing like no one was watching. I love music, me. I could dance to anything, absolutely anything. But my best is when a song has a really heavy bang under it, you know? Because it it makes me just want to... It's therapeutic, you know, like like punching someone, I, I imagine. Not that I want to punch anyone, obviously, but I'm just imagining, you know... If you think about all your angers, not not that I have any, but if you did, or stuff that's upset you and it's been building up and up inside of you, getting worse and worse, and, and dancing, well, it's a way of getting it out. You know, like, 
like screaming. Yeah, like screaming! My body was moving on its own. I was twisting and turning, arms swinging through the air, my legs moving like liquid and my feet were pounding the floor in a creative rhythm I didn't even know was in me. I was full of power and freedom. It was magic. If only you could have seen me. I must have been at it for at least an hour. After, I went over to Bill at his table and he leant over to me and said, Interesting moves. And I said, Plenty more where that came from, soldier. <laughs> Not really sure where soldier came from and Bill looked confused too, but new words just keep falling out of me now and I don't overthink them. I just say it and if it lands heavily on the floor in front of me, I just rub it in the carpet and move on, mostly. <sighs> Blimey. It's at the time already. Hmm. The first time Bill came over to me and Mum's, he was so nervous, but I was just in my element. So excited for him to see my home and all my stuff. I knew it would bring us closer, him seeing my room. Because it just says so much about me. The books I like, the pictures I have up, the colours I've chosen. You know what I mean, it, it says a lot all this stuff. When he was in my room, he balanced on the end of my bed and said, What little nest you got yourself here? <laughs> He is funny. I was a little bit nervous about introducing him to my mum, but more excited than anything else. Later I said to her, Hey mum, what did you think? Yeah, he's nice, I like him. He's not what I expected, but he makes you happy and that's all that matters to me. Hmm. I thought she'd be more pleased. I wanted her to be proud of me, but why should she be? That's stupid, isn't it? I'm just doing what everyone else does. Like I found a solution to world peace. I told her, Bill's taking me ice skating, Mum. And she said, Well, I've tried taking you ice skating before, but you never wanted to go. Why do you suddenly want to go now? Then I didn't mean to say it so bluntly. She's like my best friend. But I just said, Well, I guess I didn't want to go with you, Mum. I felt so horrible after. I was angry with her. I'd told Bill how much she would love her, but she was different, irritable. Once she got to know him more, she was warmer towards him, but I'll always remember that day. Bill had mud on his shoes and he walked them through the house. My mum didn't say anything, but I saw her looking. I was finally proud of something good in my life, but she made me feel like I got it wrong. That's how it felt. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh dear. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just remembering. Oh dear, so funny. A couple of months into being with Bill, I got so emotional one day because I started to think, oh dear, I really think he's the most brilliant person I've ever known and I want him to stay forever. I want to die with him. Everything about him, fantastic. From his occasional moodiness to the beauty spot just under his collarbone. I couldn't bear the thought of him not being there, not wanting me. I was really crying, like snotty crying. 
I could barely catch my breath. Must have looked terrible. And I asked him, Peel, do you love me? I'll never forget the look he gave me. It was like he was looking our puppy or something. And you know what he said? Of course, how could anyone not love you? And I said, I love you too, Bill. And he said, oh, thanks, Deli. And I said, it's Delphine. I felt so much better after that, letting it all out. I cleaned up my tears and the rest of that day was brilliant. It was probably one of the best days of my life. We put on some warm clothes and went for a walk round the park, picked up two hot chocolates and drank them on our bench. Then we went for fish finger sandwiches dipped in brown sauce at the park cafe, one of my favourites. We kept smiling at each other and laughing. It was like an arm was reaching out through my chest into his chest, soldiering us together. I could have cried more, but I just carried on dipping my sandwich in the brown sauce and looking at Bill. It made me want to let out breaths like, like this. After food, we went to the supermarket, got a caramac, big bag of skips and peanut butter ice cream. Then we took them back to mine and got all cosy under the duvet. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got under the duvet, but Bill, <laughs> he, he accidentally got under the sheet as well and I had to tell him, Bill, you're under the sheet. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Then we watched um, Howard's End. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it, but there's this brilliant moment when Anthony Hopkins is upset and he puts his hand in front of his face like he's ashamed because he's not very good at expressing his feelings. Since then, me and Bill do it as a joke. We'll stick our hands up in front of our face and say, don't even look at me. And then we just can't stop laughing. <laughs> that night, we, um, well... I won't go into details because it's private, but yeah, <laughs> we, you know, what a day. Before we did it, Bill was like, do you want to put on some music? And in the moment, I just quickly thought, yes, and I know just the track. I chose The Bad Touch by Bloodhound Gang. I think Bill thought I was joking because he really laughed, so I went along with it, but I wasn't. The next day, I just wanted to go and have a t-shirt printed or a hat or something with I've had, well, you know, it written on it. I was just strolling about town and I wanted to be like, yes, I've done it too. I'm one of you now. Or just strike up a conversation with anyone really in the hope that they'd be like, oh, thingy, eh? And I'd be like, yeah, know what you mean. <laughs> oh, For weeks, I'd just look at people and liked guessing if they'd done it too. Sitting on the bus, I'd be like, yes. Definitely that one, and probably with quite a few different people. <laughs> or, hmm, not sure actually if they have. I, I don't do that now, obviously. It's amazing how quickly it doesn't feel like a big deal anymore. And I've done, you know, it loads now. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> mm. Bill, he, um, he doesn't want children. He told me after about three months. It was a strange feeling because 
I felt quite sick. I'm still not sure now if it's something I even want, but when I met Bill, I did start thinking about it. Before then, I hadn't really let myself because it didn't seem possible, so I guess I just accepted that I probably wouldn't. But then it became possible and then impossible again. Bill said he'd never change his mind, so I accepted it because I had him and that's more than I ever had before. Also, he says, the way this world is heading, it would be cruel to bring a child into the world. But, you know, I thought about that and I do sort of know what he means, but then I also thought, if my mum had thought that and not had me, I'd have been really disappointed not to have existed. Even if the world does end, and I'm glad that I'm here. But I thought... Well, I'm here, Bill's here, and there's so many other things we can do together. So I decided that I didn't mind. Getting married to Bill never wants to get married. He says he doesn't agree with it, succumbing to the man. (laughs) I don't know exactly what he means when he says that, but it's something like doing what the government want you to do, like wearing ties. I think weddings are lovely, though. Well, I've only been to one, my cousin's. She looked amazing. I don't mean because of the dress and stuff. It it was a different kind of amazing. The whole day was just so happy and we all celebrated. At the time, I was a lot shyer, so I just observed really, but I just thought it was incredible, so full of love. I told Bill, but I knew it wouldn't change his mind. He's right, really. Signing a piece of paper doesn't mean you love each other anymore. People still break up when they're married. Yeah, they do. I know that. I guess I just thought, it looks fun, and I love to have fun, but I don't need it. Bill said, only we know what we have. It's ours, and that is stronger than any piece of paper. And I thought that was lovely. Anyway, the idea of a day having all eyes on me doesn't suit me. I'd be smothered in the creep, and I think I'd look silly in a wedding dress. (laughs) I'd probably wear something else. Like, my nan's old yellow silk dress. She used to wear it when she went dancing. Fits me. Yeah, I'd wear that. I had this surprise for Bill. Booked us tickets to go to Italy. I've always said that I'm not bothered about going abroad, but I think I was just scared. But I don't feel that way now. A new adventure. I had it all planned and I was going to tell Bill about it on his birthday, but, well, that brings me to this letter. I got it a couple of weeks ago now. It was such a beautiful morning. You know when sun rays stream through your window and stripe across the floor, making the carpet warm? And I just lay in it and I felt full up with healthy life. I turned my head to the left in the direction of the door and there was an envelope, but it was a Sunday. It was hand-delivered, and it was from Bill. And this is what it says. Hi, Delphine. Sorry to do this in a letter. I just didn't really know how to say it. You know I love you very much, but I don't think I can be with you anymore. Sometimes I think we're on different wavelengths. I think I need someone who challenges me more. You're a lovely girl and I'm going to miss you. But I think you've got some growing up to do. You really should leave that home 
you're too attached to it. I want to explore more, and I just don't think you're ready to do that. Thank you for all the memories. Good luck with everything. You will always be in my heart. Who knows when we'll meet again. Love, Bill. P.S. You can keep the hat. Smiley face. So yeah, Bill's gone. And it's probably better that way, really. Back to how it was. Except it isn't. Because I feel like someone's ice cream scooped my belly. It's like he died, but he didn't. He just chose to leave. He's gone to continue living without me. And he can do that. He's fine with it. Every morning when I wake up, I relive it. Remember that it's true that he has gone. All I keep saying to myself is, I've been so careful. All these years, I've been so careful. And I got stupid. I should know better. I already know this. It's my own stupid fault. I knew that would happen. I knew he'd go. They always go. So it's better that I stay here, close to what I know, to my family. Except they're not here either, are they? Not really. They are all out there in the world, living their lives. It's just me in here. Just me with all this stuff. Everything that was mine is ours now. My bench, my bookshop, my chair, my bed. It all reminds me of him, where we lay together and I felt the safest I've ever felt. I can see him sitting on my chair, leaning against the wall, lying on the floor reading the paper. He's everywhere, but he's not. He's so real in my memory that I can feel his skin, smell him. And I don't even need to close my eyes. All of it. He's taken it all and I don't know how to get it back. I want it back. But you know, I am me and if that's not right for him, Bill... He is allowed to not want to be with me. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't complain because it could be worse and I'm really very lucky. But, you see, it's just to know that he knows me, really knows me, but chooses not to have me. It's the most painful feeling, but one I know so well. I wish I knew how, well, I wish I knew how not to love him. I wrote to Bill after I got this and I told him, if you change your mind, I will be at mine this Thursday till 5.30pm and I have an adventure planned for us and I'm ready now, ready to leave with you. So, here I am. 
waiting. It's ten past five, so um, he might still come. I thought a little about what I would do if he doesn't. How am I going to be able to breathe? But then, I suppose I am breathing. I know that sounds silly, but he's already gone once and I'm still here and I'm fine. And you know, if it's possible, even though I feel sick most of the time, I also feel the strongest I've ever felt. Because you see, I thought I'd break, but I haven't. Maybe I won't. Hey, you know what? If he doesn't turn up, I guess I could take my mum. I'm sure I could change the tickets and I can surprise her with it when she gets home. Yeah, she'd love to go to Italy. Little holiday, just me and my mum. But that doesn't feel right. There's something else and I can't get it right. You see, I'm hurting It really, really hurts, but I'm still here. I'm sad, but I'm alive. So I'm just thinking, if it hurts when I'm out there, maybe I'll be okay. Because, well, still got me. And I like me. Most of the time. (laughs) All that stuff... The feeling it gave me to be with Bill, I want it again. I know that so strongly somehow, even though I don't want it right now. I do know I want it again. One day when I'm ready. Thing is, I spent so much of my life hiding from a Bill because I thought it would destroy me. But... Maybe though, maybe this had to happen, because I am a grown-up now, and I can look after myself. I can continue to live in this world, just like everyone else, as the person that I am. And not because he was here, but because he left. Yeah, and so, oh, so I should, what time is it? 5.15, okay, right, (laughs) okay, passport, check, always wanted to say that, ticket, check, bag, check, mint imperials, check, right, oh, just a minute. My nan's yellow silk dress. Check. I think the Italians will love that. I guess there's one thing left to say. Goodbye, Bill. And... Eat my shorts.
written and performed by Claire Pointing. Original music and sound design by Ben Lloyd Evans. Cover artwork was by Wayne Pashley. This original audio performance was recorded during lockdown in 2020. This is a BLE production. Find out more at bleproduction.com. Claire Pointing is represented by Hatch Talent.